G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. It's easy to imagine that God will do a miracle for other people, but never, ever for me. Sure, I believe God can do miracles, just not for me. I mean, if I believe in a miracle and he doesn't show up, I'm going to look like a fool. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program as we take a look at God's attitude towards miracles. Well from a bit of a different perspective. And please do stick with me because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet called Five Ways to Overcome Fear. I'd love to send you a free copy to help you live in the peace and the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. How often in life do we think to ourselves, I just need a miracle? Nothing but a miracle is going to get this done. And you know the struggle with that? We just don't know when or even if a miracle is ever going to happen. Is God going to step in this time or not? I mean, if I believe God for a miracle and it doesn't happen, I'm going to look like an idiot. And you know something? So often that's exactly what stops us from believing in him for a miracle. What will other people say? What if I believe God for this or for that and I tell someone else and then God doesn't come through and then I look stupid? Well, maybe maybe it would be safer not to believe in God for that breakthrough. Maybe I should just shut up and stay in my little box and, and put up with the misery that's going on in my life and let other people ask Jesus for stuff. Do you see the mentality? Do you see how, how pride can stop us from asking and receiving Jesus once said to his disciples, the reason you haven't received anything is because you haven't asked me for anything yet. But, well, anyone who's ever dared in their heart to believe God for a miracle will know that feeling, that niggling sense of, what will other people think? This is real life. I I don't want to dress up the idea of miracles. There are two equal and opposite mistakes in talking and thinking about miracles. The first one is to under-spiritualise. We can think and act and behave and believe as though miracles never happen. I have to tell you something. If miracles never happen, I wouldn't be sitting here with you right now. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't even be on air on this station. I would have gone broke ages ago. The other end of the spectrum is to over-spiritualise. This kind of drifting on cloud nine kind of spirituality as if nothing ever goes wrong in life if you believe in Jesus. What a load of rubbish. Of course things go wrong. Of course we make mistakes. Of course people get cancer. Of course children die. But somewhere in the middle of all that, the notion that I might be embarrassed if I believe in God for a miracle and he doesn't show up, well, that sort of thing niggles away at our minds, doesn't it? I want to introduce you today to a couple of men Men at the bottom of the social ladder who put everything on the line. And a third man right at the top of the social ladder who did the same. The first of these two men are blind beggars. 
They heard that Jesus was in town. Here's what happened. You can read about it in Matthew chapter 20. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed Jesus. There were two blind men sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they shouted, Lord, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd sternly ordered them to be quiet. But they shouted even more loudly, Have mercy on us, Lord, son of David. Jesus stood still and called to them, saying, What do you want me to do? And they said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. Immediately they regained their sight and followed him. See, these were two blind beggarly outcasts. There was no social security safety net in those days, no cheque coming in the mail every two weeks. They were blind, they couldn't work, therefore they were poor, therefore they were ostracised, therefore they weren't part of the crowd following Jesus, they were sitting on the side of the road. And these crowds were milling around Jesus. They were normal people, they were the beautiful people. They were the people who had a right to be there. It would have been so easy for these blind beggars just to say to one another, hey Fred, Jesus is here. Yeah, I know, Dave, but look at us. Do you really, really think he'd ever do one of those miracles for the likes of you and me? Nah, you're right. It's a complete waste of time, isn't it? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if they'd had that attitude? They'd have died blind. What a complete and utter tragedy that would have been. What? There aren't any words to describe it. I'm not good enough. Let's not go. They would have missed out, wouldn't they? You get it? And look at what they did. They shouted out in public. The crowds told them to shush. But they went public anyway. They went against public opinion. They went against conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom was, Jesus won't do a miracle for you because you're not one of the beautiful people, right? And yet, they got their miracle. But, I hear you say, but they were outcasts. When it comes to reputation, they had nothing to lose. Well, maybe you're right. Perhaps they had nothing to lose. They were, after all, at the bottom of the social register. So now let's look at a man at the complete opposite end of the social scale, a man by the name of Jairus. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue, a man named Jairus, came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. This was the leader of the synagogue. This Jairus guy was really somebody. Jesus, on the other hand, even though he was drawing big crowds, already had a dodgy relationship with the religious hierarchy in Jerusalem. But this man's desperation outweighed his concern over his reputation. He threw himself publicly in front of the crowds, in front of the people who attended his synagogue, down at Jesus' feet. He would have looked pretty stupid if Jesus had ignored him or turned him away. And there it is. There's the answer. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, any one of the historical accounts of Jesus' life, and tell me if you can find one instance where Jesus turned away just one person who came to him and asked him for a miracle. And I've got to tell you, I'm going to save you some time, there's not a one. Tell me the one time when Jesus admonished someone for having too much faith or for calling on him in public. Not once. That's why people did it. That's why they weren't concerned with looking stupid, because he never turned them away. 
didn't always give them the answer they were looking for, but mostly he did. Jesus never, ever turned them away. Jesus never made them look stupid. He always rewarded their faith. Now I've decided I am happy to put my faith in him and believe in him for a miracle when I need one, even if I end up looking stupid. I'm sorry, I I just don't care what other people think. I, I don't mean that arrogantly. I just don't care what you think. Actually, what everyone else thinks is absolutely irrelevant. I'd rather look a fool. Sure, people think that sometimes. Than miss out on the miracle working power of God in my life. And you know what happens when we abandon our reputation? When we stop worrying about what other people think and put our trust in Jesus. You know what happens? We end up seeing more than our fair share of miracles. I had one just yesterday. God opened a door that had been firmly shut to me for years. Should never have been opened, but it was. I don't know. More than my fair share of miracles? That works, doesn't it? doesn't always go the way we planned or hoped. And those difficult times can be fearful times. We each go through patches where we're gripped with fear and some people, even those who believe in Jesus, sad to say, live with chronic fear. Wherever you're at in your life, I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Five Ways to Overcome Fear, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live in the peace and the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. You can request your free copy of this booklet right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.